Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king. And she said, if it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I'm pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows, because he intended to lay hands on the Jews. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king, and seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. The king's scribes were summoned at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day. And an edict was written according to all that Mordecai commanded concerning the Jews to the satraps and the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces, to each province in its own script and to each people in its own language, and also to the Jews in their script and their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring. Then he sent the letters by mounted couriers riding on swift horses that were used in the king's service, bred from the royal stud, saying that the king allowed the Jews who were in every city to gather and defend their lives to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods on one day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar. A copy of what was written was to be issued as a decree in every province, being publicly displayed to all peoples, and the Jews were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. So the couriers, mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service, rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's command, and the decree was issued in Susa, the citadel. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white, with a great golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple, and the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honour, and in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached, there was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews, for fear of the Jews had fallen on them. Thanks so much for reading for us. I hope we can uh, uh, hear me. And uh, it'd be great if you can keep Esther 8 open as we, we learn about this true Bible story, I don't know if we uh, noticed as we had the reading, it's all about a rescue commanded. Maybe we can have that up on the screen. A rescue commanded. Now, I, I hope we were paying attention, but maybe just to remind me, who are some of the main characters we've just heard about in Esther? Maybe if you're under 11, you could help me. Yes? Uh, yeah, we've had Haman. He's, he's dead now, so Haman's dealt with. Yep. Who else did you say? Mordecai. Mordecai. Great. Mordecai. Yes. Yes, Josh? 
Esther, brilliant, Esther, uh, Mordecai, maybe one more, one more big, big player, likes to party, is the king, yes, he's got a funny name, you don't want to say the name, do you, go on, was it Ahasuerus, brilliant, yeah, Ahasuerus, so um, uh, we've also got the couriers and some scribes as well, we may get to the couriers later, they're the postmen, but um, let's see if we can get some actors, I've already got one, so Zach, you can come and be Mordecai. There we go. Uh, yeah, Mordecai. Does anyone want to be um, Ahasuerus? Ahasuerus. Otherwise, I may have to pick on them. Yes, brilliant. You're going to come and help me be um, Ahasuerus. And we need an Esther. Right, Zach. Um, are you going to be able to get this on? There we go. Let's try that. Now, Ahasuerus, he likes to party. So, um, there we go. You can put the beard on if you want. Um, we're not told what they look like, so this is my best bet. There we go. Um, let's take this as well. You can put your robes on. There we go. Um, I think uh, we need an e we'll need to get an Esther as well in a second. Um, okay. Uh, now, you've got to be careful with your golden scepter because it's not glued on. There we go. Give you a sword. You can shove a sword on. Great. Um, Esther. Who's going to be an Esther? Not you, Nate. Um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, anyone? Anyone? No, this is, this, um, I don't know people well enough yet to pick on anyone. <laughs> um, Caitlin, you're being volunteered by your mum. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm afraid that's all I've got. If you can kind of, there we go, kind of drape that round. I don't really know how these things work. There we go, a, a crown, a crown and a scepter. There we go. Okay, we've got all of our main players. Good. We've got a Mordecai. We've got an Ahasuerus. We've got an Esther. They're looking a little reluctant. It'll be fine. Okay, right. So, first of all, remember in the story, what happens? Um, Esther goes to see the king. So, okay, Esther, you've got to go and see the king. Okay, here's the king, Ahasuerus. But she's only allowed to see him, do you remember what happens? If he holds out the golden scepter. Esther's looking a bit nervous. Can you look nervous? You're looking, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well done. Um, Ahasuerus, does he hold out the golden scepter? Yes, there we go. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. She's allowed to go and make a request. And she begs. How much you beg? You're going to beg? You're begging, begging that her people aren't killed. And um, did you notice, how does the king respond? You know, how does the king respond? He basically shrugs his shoulders. Doesn't say that, but he basically, can you shrug your shoulders? That's kind of what he does. He's like, I don't know. I don't know how to fix this problem. It's, kind of, it's not on me. So, Mordecai comes up with a plan. Here we are, Mordecai. Uh, what does coming up with a plan look like? You know, I've come up with a plan. You come up with a plan? Excellent. Okay. And so what he does is he writes a letter, or he gets his scribes to, saying God's people... You can stop begging now, Esther. Well done. Uh, God's people are allowed to defend themselves. So, Mordecai, can you pretend to write a letter? Uh, Okay, okay. Now, these are the days before mobiles, before telephones, before even telegrams, if you know what they are. Uh, there's no way of taking back that first evil order of Haman's. Uh, so what they do is they send a new command to every corner of the empire. So I've got some commands here. We'll need some couriers. Uh, Nate, you can help me this time. Caleb, you can as well. Anyone else want to be a courier? You want to help me be a courier? Come on, Josh. Excellent. You don't have to dress up for this. Great, you can take the letter to the far corners of the empire. Far corners of the empire, there we go. Take the letter, well done, well done. Far corners, of, uh, Nate, don't forget up in the... We've got, there are some 
Parts of the empire still need to... Excellent, there we go. You're sitting too close. There we go. Well done, well done. One more. Excellent. There we go. All right. Take it to the far corners. Okay, so everyone in the whole empire can know about this rescue command. Well done, Nate. Go on, go on. We don't want anyone to miss out. There's a rescue command going out. Now, um, well done, well, it's okay. You're still king. Uh, when, we, when we read this passage, uh, we can't really escape the killing can we? And maybe you're thinking, well, who would choose a passage like this to speak on in church, especially when there are children present? Well, that's me. It's my fault. Um, We can just ditch the crown for now. Um, We'll find out in a bit. 75,000 people are killed in one day. What a choice of a passage. Uh, But actually, uh, chapter 8, it's a bit like an electric fence. You see picture of an electric fence we know what one looks like you don't need a picture but um anyway uh, that's what the rescue command is like an electric fence isn't a danger unless you try to get over it and often it's meant to protect isn't it the command that goes out isn't telling God's people to kill anyone it's saying they can defend themselves and the language mirrors Haman's original horrible decree it's rescue that is commanded so God's people aren't going to be wiped out. That, that promise of a rescue goes to every corner of the empire. And so God's people are happy. Uh, Haman, uh, not Haman, sorry, um, Esther, uh, Mordecai, you can look happy now. Excellent, excellent. That The rescue command has gone out. And so just look at verse 16. If, I hope you've got a Bible open. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honour in every province and in every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reach. There was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. So things are beginning to turn around. Uh, There there are lots and lots of reversals, in fact. Sackcloth, Mordecai was wearing sackcloth now to splendor, the the ring, the edict and so on. It used to be dangerous to be part of God's people. Now folk are desperate to be part of God's people. It was dangerous to be part of God's people at the beginning of the story. Now it's dangerous not to be. And that's true, isn't it, in God's salvation story. Uh, People are heading either to destruction or salvation. And the only safety is in Jesus. Uh, The Christian life, in fact, is one of complete turnaround. People heading for complete, certain destruction. Now heading for safety and a party. In Esther, people go from being very, very scared. Can we see scared faces? Not you, Ahasuerus, you're kind of very scared to very, very happy an undoing, a reversing of a death sentence. And so chapter 8 ends with gladness and joy. The book begins with a party, it ends with a party. So um, we can, I think we can let off, Esther, you can maybe have one party, you can let off a party popper. There we go, it's, there's a party. It's a little party, there's a party. Not in anyone's face. There we go. Oh, just one. Whoa, 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 we haven't got there yet. Whoa. I'm not listening to Craig at the beginning. Wait, we'll get there, don't worry. Walsh's were very enthusiastic there. There are more party poppers. The, the, the day hasn't arrived yet. The day of the double decree. So Haman's decree still stands, wiping out God's people. But a new command goes out, a rescue command. Both are in effect. What's going to happen? Well, we'll find out in a bit later. We'll have to wait. We continue our reading at the start of chapter 9. Now in the twelfth month, 
which is the month of Adar, on the 13th day of the same, when the king's command and edict were about to be carried out, on the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. The Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm, and no one could stand against them, for the fear of them had fallen on all peoples. All the officials of the provinces and the satraps and the governors and the royal agents also helped the Jews, for the fear of Mordecai had fallen on them, for Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces, for the man Mordecai grew more and more powerful. The Jews struck all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and did as they pleased to those who hated them. In Susa, the citadel itself, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men, and also killed Parshandatha and Dalphon and Alspata and Poratha and Adalia and Ariata and Parmashta and Arisai and Aridai and Vaisatha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they laid no hand on the plunder. That very day, the number of those killed in Susa the citadel was reported to the king. And the king said to Queen Esther, in Susa the citadel, the Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and also the 10 sons of Haman. What then have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what further is your request? It shall be fulfilled. And Esther said, if it please the king, let the Jews who are in Susa be allowed tomorrow also to do according to this day's edict, and let the ten sons of Haman be hanged on the gallows. So the king commanded this to be done. A decree was issued in Susa, and the ten sons of Haman were hanged. The Jews who were in Susa gathered also on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they killed 300 men in Susa, but they laid no hands on the plunder. Now the rest of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also gathered to defend their lives and got relief from their enemies and killed 75,000 of those who hated them. But they laid no hands on the plunder. This was on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th day they rested and made that a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were in Susa gathered on the 13th day and on the 14th and rested on the 15th day, making that a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Jews of the villages who live in the rural towns hold the 14th day of the month of Adar as a day for gladness and feasting, as a holiday, and as a day on which they send gifts of food to one another. James, thank you for uh, reading on in Esther. Uh, earlier we saw, I wonder if you can remember, how the rescue was commanded. That uh, decree, that edict, the letter going to all parts of the empire, the command for God's people to defend themselves goes out everywhere. And we've just heard in chapter 9 how the rescue is completed. Rescue completed. It's been almost a, a year from Haman's first order went out, and it's been almost now nine months from uh, Mordecai's letter. And inevitably, as the Jews are looking at their calendars, the day draws near. 
Now, the day comes around and we find there are people who want to get God's people. And so the Jews defend themselves. I take it if our loved ones were in danger, we'd want to defend them. And that's what's going on here. Did we notice they don't take the plunder? Uh, Just uh, look back to the last sentence of chapter 8. Many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews. You see, people have had nine months that they could have lined up with the Jews. They could have joined them, but some refuse. And they still line up against God's people. And so there's this uh, second day of uh, self-defense in the capital because Esther knows there are still more enemies out to kill God's people. But then, notice no more. It's over. It's fair and it's final. And it's a helpful reminder that salvation or rescue always means being saved from something. So we're going to play a quick game of saved from what? Okay, so I'm going to put up a picture and I want you to, to maybe turn to the person next to you if it's COVID safe and tell me what do you think you need to be saved from? What is that saving you from? We're starting with a kind of starter for 10, quite easy. Yep, yep. COVID, yep, there we go. There's, uh, there's one of the vaccines saving you from COVID 96% of the time. Um, okay, uh, great. Uh, what is this saving you from? Yep, right at the back. Yeah, from drowning or from a sinking ship or from that kind of thing. Yep, that's, a, you know, a life jacket is going to save you. Okay, here's another one. What's this going to save you from? Yes, Caleb. Yep, falling to death, maybe from a plane that's going down. Okay, that would, uh, parachute would save you. This one, what is this going to save you from? Hmm. Anyone got one of these in their driveway? No. Yes. Yeah, being shot, it is bulletproof, apparently it is bomb-proof, I don't know what it's called, it probably costs a lot of money, it prevents you getting uh, blown up or, or shot. Uh, one more, we've got one more here, what is this saving you from? Does anyone know what that is? You might, that, that is actually, uh, it's got Esther, some part of the book of Esther written on there. Nate, are you going to say something sensible? Nate? Uh, <laughs> I could have known that. Okay, uh, it is, it's saving you. It's what we've just read, isn't it, in chapter 9? Saving you from getting destroyed by your enemies, your whole family, all your loved ones getting wiped out. That is what that scroll is saving you from. And then one final picture. One final picture. I wonder. Maybe as we've been reading Esther, even today, we've been thinking, what has this story of Esther got to do with us? A little reminder that the cross saves us. What does the the cross save us from? Saves us from sin. Yes, it does. It saves us from sin and God's judgment and God's anger. That is what the cross saves us from. You see, God's people are here in Esther. They're in exile. They're not in their homeland because they're under God's good, just judgment. Not, not a, a terrible decree like Haman's, but a good, just judgment. And the same is true for each one of us. Uh, we need to be saved from God's anger. We need a rescue. We need salvation. And wonderfully, God issues a rescue command. Uh, not for us uh, to defend ourselves, but he's stepped in to defend us. It states, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not believe in the Son shall not see life, 
but the wrath of God remains on him. So we don't go out killing people. I hope that is not an application you're hearing from Esther 8, 9, and 10. No, God is the one who judges, and he'll do that on the final day. The big appeal is to join the winning side now. It's like Jesus' death on the cross. We saw it there. His, His resurrection is the command going out. Victory has been won. And like those in Esther's day, we either line up on the winning side with Jesus or against God and his people. Satan has been defeated, but there's still a mopping up operation. Evil hasn't been dealt with yet fully and finally. But one day it will. No one's going to get away with it. Salvation here, it's wonderful news, isn't it, in Esther? But judgment and salvation always go hand in hand. And it's why, did you notice in chapter 9, what what did we get at the end of that reading? Uh, Verses 1 to 19, we get more partying. So if you've got your Bible open, look at verses 17, verse 18, verse 19. Three times feasting and gladness. Uh, Three times feasting and gladness. So that the right response to God saving his people is celebrating. So I think I'll add one more party popper, just me. No one else. Here we go. Let's see if I can do that. There's more partying. There we go. But, but where would we... Oh, well done. Thank you. (laughs) Interestingly, the book doesn't end at chapter 9, verse 19, does it? Maybe, if we're writing it, we write there, the end. But the author doesn't. And Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in the provinces of King Hasserus, both near and far, obliging them to keep the 14th day of the month of Adar and also the 15th day of the same, year by year, and as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted what they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman, the Agagite, and the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them and had cast poor, that is, cast lots, to crush and destroy them. But when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan, which he had devised against the Jews, should return on his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore, they called these days Purim, after the term Pur. Therefore, because of all that has been written in this letter, and of what they faced in this matter, and of what happened to them, The Jews firmly bound themselves and their offspring and all who joined them, that without fail they would keep these two days according to what is written and at that time appointed every year, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, in every clan, province and city, and that these days of Purim should never fail into disuse amongst the Jews, nor be commemoration of these days cease amongst their descendants. Then Queen Esther, daughter of Abihail and Mordecai the Jew, 
gave full written authority confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews to the 127 provinces of the king of Ahasuerus in words of peace and truth that these days of Purim should be observed as their appointed seasons as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther bound them and as they bound them themselves and their offspring with regard to their fasts and their lamenting. The command of Queen Esther confirmed these practices of Purim and it was recorded in writing. King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the land and on the coastlands of the sea and all the acts of his power and might and the full account of the high honour of Mordecai to which the king advanced him are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai, the Jew, was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. Okay, thank you so much. We've reached the final chapter of Esther. And perhaps we noticed as it was read out, not yet, not yet, perhaps we noticed as it was read out how it's all about making sure they never forget. And they're commanded, obligated, bound to party. There was a bit of a party yesterday, wasn't there? Josh and Katie's uh, wedding. Here's a party all over the empire and they're told they have to. Anyone been told they have to go to a party? Maybe some children have to, yeah, maybe you've been forced on. Philip, you've had to go to a party before under duress. Well, this is a great party. And it's, uh, it's to help us remember about a rescue commemorated. A rescue commemorated or remembered. There, there's been some joy, hasn't there, at the end of uh, chapter 8. But now it is on a whole new level. Mordecai recorded these things, sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obliging them to keep the 14th day, the 15th day, year by year, as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies. And as the month that had been turned from sorrow into gladness, from mourning into a holiday. They should make them days of feasting and gladness, days of sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. It's great, isn't it? Uh, they get an order uh, from the Prime Minister, that's kind of Mordecai, to party. Cheers, Mordecai. And it is, it is vital to get clear what they're celebrating. It's not death and destruction, it's relief. It's salvation. Every year they, they party, uh, they look back, and they also look forward and wait. They remember God's rescue, and they look forward to it as well. Remember, they're still in exile. And it's, it's similar for us today. We're, we're living in uncertain times. There's still a bit of COVID caution, isn't there? Tough knowing what to do. What exactly does the future hold? And yet as believers, as those trusting in Jesus, we do know what the ultimate future holds, and it makes all the difference. We can be uh, glad as we look back and know we're on the winning side. And we look forward with confidence to the best party ever. And now, does anyone here like waiting for things? Anyone like? No. It's not much fun, is it? Not much fun. Not many of us. Oh, you hate waiting. Sometimes I hate waiting too. Um, anyone tell me what this is? This is going to be interesting. 
There we go. Well, it is, isn't it? Isn't it? Nineteen sixty—the last time England won a major football tournament way back in nineteen sixty-six. I won't get you to guess how many days it was. Uh, Twenty thousand and seventy days ago. Uh, we look back, don't we? We look back, but also we look forward. Uh, I guess lots of us looking forward uh, to this evening. And what are people singing? I've heard people singing it up and down the road on St John's Road. It's coming home. It's coming home. Football's coming home. But Christians are looking forward to something far, far better than a football tournament. Uh, Like those first readers of the book, we're still waiting for God to deal finally and fully with evil. But there is a day coming when everything will be put right. We can uh, look back on a day when the victory has been won, but we look forward. So we could sing, we're coming home. We're coming home. God's people will be coming home. Those in Esther's day knew the decree had gone out, but perhaps they didn't have certainty. Those in exile had the the past victories and promises, but, but would God rescue again? Well, they weren't home yet. We look back to the cross and forward to Christ's return. In fact, Caleb, why don't you give me a hand here? You can hold that cross over there. This is, uh, we, we live in the gap. Well done, you can hold that over there. Well done, well done. Uh, Nate, I don't trust you enough yet. There we go. Uh, we live in between uh, the cross and the return. You can hold it up, that hand. Well done. You see, it means we can have joy now but fuller, greater joy to come. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Peter says, though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Jesus is the one who's secured salvation for us. He's he's taken the judgment we deserve. And it is the biggest reason in the world to party and it secures us entrance into the greatest forever party. Now, um, as we were having that reading, uh, they seem to go for a rather odd name for the party, don't they? Well done, Caleb. You can pop those down. You can grab a seat. Uh, anyone spot the name for the, for the party they go for? Also begins with a P. Purim, yes. Purim, after the word poor or lot. basically calling it dice. And it's a brilliant reminder, God's in charge. Hey, he's in charge of the lots of the, the roll of a dice, as much as he's in charge over every part of our life. And crucially, he's in charge over the lot of his people. Uh, Even though we live in that gap, God is in charge. And so we can wait joyfully and confidently, even if things aren't perfect yet. I think that's what chapter 10 reminds us. Ahasuerus is still on the throne. Uh, Yes, Mordecai's been massively promoted, but not everything's changed. Uh, The welfare of God's people has dramatically changed, but we're still waiting We know our salvation is secure. Jesus' death and resurrection secures it. We experience joy and celebrating now. And we have far greater joy to come. So partying, it's a picture of the new creation. It's a, a celebration. What we enjoy in part now, we will enjoy fully then. Now, you have all been super patient with your party poppers. Wait for it and those little horn things, I don't know what they're called. So um, there are some spares on seats around. So if you're near an empty row, feel free to kind of lean over and grab some extra party poppers. I'll need some volunteers. Mordecai, why don't you join me up again here again? Uh, What have we got up here? 
Craig, I think we need some party hats up the front. You can put a party Craig, where are you? You can join me with a party hat. I think it'd be one of those as well. There we go. Give you a confetti cannon. Wait for it. We're waiting, we're waiting. Another party hat. There we go. There's a party. You've got party hats. Okay, has everyone got the spare party poppers? How do you do this? Not in someone's face, Zach. This is never, this is called TNT celebrations. This is definitely going to go well. Okay, is everyone ready? We're going to have a big party. Three, two, one, go. There we go. There we go. Twist it. There we go. Got one more. One more. One more. There we go. That's good. Brilliant. Well done, Mordecai. Thank you, Craig. That worked better than I was expecting. Great. Thank you, Mordecai. You can grab a seat again. It's good. Just worried about expecting us to fill afterwards. The, the Christian life, the Christian life is one of celebration. But we, we need to wait for the, the new creation till we get the kind of party proper, as it were. We still live in a world, don't we, where God seems to be sidelined or perhaps even absent. But one day, that will be no more. And it helps us to live in the gap now. It gives us perspective. Helps us cope with the ups and downs of life because we're looking forward to that party, that, that full salvation. And just imagine, as we close, um, you're a Jew after that second command or edict had gone out. Uh, our friends may be being unkind to us. Um, or or grown-ups, even now. Uh, we may have a house that's uh, falling apart. Kids have been playing up, we've got dodgy back. Any number of frustrating things in life. Uh, aren't they put into perspective when you know you're not going to be wiped out? We may face any number of real problems in life. Genuine pains. Uh, struggling with uh, illness, with sadness, with depression, with grief, with caring for family. But we look forward to full salvation, that eternal party. A full and final rescue and evil will be dealt with forever. A day when we will be safe. And we can look back now to the cross and know that it's guaranteed. And just look one more time at chapter 10 with me. You see, if we're a Christian, we have a brother who has sought the welfare of his people and brought us eternal peace. Under Mordecai, the Jews experienced exactly the opposite of what they once did. For all in Jesus, the tables have turned and we look forward to the completion of that reversal when our enemies are dealt with and we see him face to face forever. Let me lead us in prayer as we close. Father God, thank you for this wonderful, vivid picture in Esther of salvation for your people, but also having to wait for that final and full salvation. Thank you for us living now. We can know as we look back to the cross and the empty tomb that Jesus has won. The victory is his. Please help us line up with him, uh, behind him on the winning team, and looking forward, waiting patiently and joyfully for that eternal party. And we ask it in his name and for your glory. Amen.